<laughs> Starting to stream now. Yeah. Waiting for people to come into the chat. Are we going? Oh, that's my da -da -da. phone telling us that we're live. Let me put it on do not disturb okay. so that it doesn't make any weird noise. Which is a function I didn't even realize I had on my phone until we went to New Zealand. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I can turn off everything but the important stuff. Mm. So that I don't get crazy notifications. Hey, we got people. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there, hey. Good stuff. Ah, good stuff. Hello, hello, hello. Howdy. Welcome howdy. to Regular Car Reviews, our 20th podcast. Our 20th podcast. Very still nice. no guests, still no sponsors. Yeah. I think there's some guy from Auto Tempest who wanted to work with us. Yeah. I'd have to check my email. I'm all about Auto Tempest because, uh, hey, free plug for Auto Tempest. We, um, Auto Tempest is a website where, um, hey, how can I search all of Craigslist? <laughs> it's Auto Tempest. But yeah, it also searches cars.com and all the other websites as well, yeah. um, which I've been doing. I said that I didn't care about the Chevrolet SS after coming back from New Zealand because it was just full of Holden Commodores out there. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah, here I'm are. still looking at uh, um, Chevy SSs because there just isn't anything in that category in the U.S. for a sedan that's with a V8 that's really fast and really reliable. I apologize. I'm moving my microphone around. I suppose, but the thing is about Chevy SSs, sorry, I'm in the way of the microphone looking at the looking at the camera if i move the microphone over here nope if i do that the base of the microphone will hit the mixing board which is down there and i can't move it any farther because it's hitting something underneath the futon oh look now since you touched this uh got all limp mm. there we go so if i turn this knob <clears throat> there I need a table or something here. Anyway, I suppose I could get a Pontiac G8 GSP, no, GXP, and then that would be close to what I wanted. But I saw some pictures of the inside of a Pontiac G8 GXP, because that's the only Pontiac, Pontiac G8 that you can get with a manual. And the inside of that, I mean, they only made the G8 from, I think, 07 to 08. Hmm. And that still isn't, like, I don't think GM really got their interiors together until about 2010. Yeah. Maybe 2013. Now they're good. Uh, General Motors interior is good. Like the GM product that we can't talk about. That was our first dealer car that we drove down in Limerick. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to come out until after... Uh, RCR New Zealand is over. Um, that car is about $140,000. So much money. Right. Um, anyway, I've said too much about that. Other than the interior was good, and I like Alcantara steering wheels. Mm. Really, anything you just coat in Alcantara is great. Yeah. But anyway, a Pontiac G8, you get inside, it's still all plasticky. I think my 04 Forester's interior is better than an 08 Pontiac G8 interior. Oh, so that thing is kept immaculate. 
So, yeah. And it's easy to keep immaculate. Too. Well, not easy, but, you know, it's more prone to um, like if you drop things, you see where they go. <laughs> yeah, because I have a tan interior. Yeah. There's something I understand black interiors. Uh, black always looks good. The thing about certain types of dark material is the second you get any dirt on it, it shows up. I don't think, especially whatever that GM material that they use throughout the mid-2000s for their black plastic interior, yeah. it, they, it never looks clean. You mm-hmm. can armor all it. It looks like someone just wiped, their fa- wiped the spaghetti sauce off their face and then wiped it on the inside <laughs> of your dash. It, it even in these like dealer photos of Pontiac G8s, the interior just looks all scuzzy. It, 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 you know how you get into someone's car who never ever wipes it down, and you can just by looking at it, there, there's just like this layer of slime yeah. inside the cup holders. It's it's like someone's keyboard that's never cleaned. Yeah. It's only cleaned on the top of the keys they use the most. That's a mid two thousand General Motors interior. I had to uh, take the rag to the cup holders in Betty because, you know, when you have young children who come in and out of your car, you know, uh, like niece and nephew and all, or nephews and all yeah. that, you know, it ends up in that situation where okay use the cup holder for your smoothie from Wawa. It's always like a smoothie from Wawa. <laughs> like it's always strawberry or banana smoothie. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's just, it sits there and you know how it kind of, they like Wawa, they just fill everything to the point where it's almost kind of bursting. That's why I'm glad that it's self-service coffee. Yeah. Because otherwise you just know it's going to be like this towering monolith of milk and, sugar and coffee which i mean yeah you we all we both do the like big thing of milk yeah but that's because we're trying to get our money out of it it's it's a dollar for whatever size so you might as well just go ham on the the milk in there people are talking about your shirt in the comments oh cool uh yeah no i i had this shirt made because i know we can't legally sell it because it's (laughs) like a pre-existing brand but um i was on this website that whose name i don't remember where you can make like brand name stuff but not that brand and so i always like the converse logo and then i exported that to this website where you can just like get anything printed on a shirt and just Mm -hmm. did that and it was like 20 bucks maybe (laughs) oh really Um, yeah it was cheap as shit um so yeah like you could i don't know birthday I, i i mean i know when your our birthday is the same month we're both in July. Yeah, we're, right, we're yeah. like two weeks from each other. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah. Was Boricua in the house? Oh, uh, the Oscars were last night. Hey, you watched, and I went to the gym and took pre-workout. Both our stories we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Tell me about the Oscars because right, I didn't yeah. watch. No. Um. Okay. So the weird thing for me was that. This was an unusually good year for predictions. I got 18 out of 24, which is a 75% uh, accuracy rate. And basically, uh, Roger Deakins, who is 
basically like the greatest living cinematographer who had 13 nominations and it never won an Oscar. This is a guy who lensed uh, Fargo, Shawshank Redemption, No Country for Old Men, Skyfall, uh, The Man Who Wasn't There. Uh, he was up for Blade Runner 2049. And people were like, oh, this is finally going to be the year. But in my mind, I'm like, if he couldn't get it for other years where he was getting carried into the whole uh, best picture running, uh, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe the Academy just doesn't like him that much. But then he finally does win the thing. And Blade Runner 2049 did unusually well in that it won things. Ah. <laughs> in that I wasn't really... It won uh, cinematography and visual effects. So, I mean, not huge surprises, but still, you know, good stuff. Uh, oh, we also now get to refer to Kobe Bryant as an Academy Award winner, uh, which is super weird. What how did what all right tell me uh, he he wrote it, there it was best animated short which um was uh his short called um deer basketball and basically animated short is supposed to go to the director and it went to the director and kobe bryant and i'm wondering if like just how much he did to be able to qualify for that nomination. This isn't to kind of minimize the process. It's just that like, to my knowledge, Kobe Bryant doesn't really know anything unless he's about film, unless he's like hiding this secret second life. It almost feels like a name that's attached to it to carry it through to get more like recognition. Okay. But again, like, I don't know this, but it's just weird. Um, and so, yeah, he won an Oscar, uh, uh, Jordan Peele from Keen Peele won an Oscar for writing Get Out, which is, it's fantastic. Good. Yeah. He, that was a fantastic movie, fantastically well-written. He gave a great speech. Um, Frances McDormand won her second Oscar, uh, her first one being for Fargo, um, and gave this, like, really weird speech. She did this laughing, like, half, or towards the end of it, that was almost kind of like Howard Dean at the, uh, when he was oh, running for president, like, yeah, like thing. it was just very weird. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's just a very strange thing. And then Emma Stone comes out to present best director and I can appreciate what she was going for, but she says, uh, you know, and now to recognize the achievements of four men and Greta Gerwig, because it's like four male directing nominees and plus one woman. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like this whole, um, you know, the, it's like a it feminist Sounds like thing. she was going for a bit. Yeah. And you know, it got a, like a decent reaction, but I thought like, you're kind of, this is almost kind of my problem with feminism. Well, it's, it's kind of a problem with any sort of activism in that the idea that, um, to be a good activist, you almost have to minimize the experiences of other minimized classes. So it's the idea that, you know, in order to put a feminist viewpoint on a pedestal, we have to minimize the comp contributions of, you know, an African-American director like Jordan Peele or, or a Mexican director like Guillermo del Toro and who were also nominated in that category. And it's just... And it's just because they're men, basically. Like, mm. I get that it's hard out here in the streets yeah. for a woman for it to do anything. Like, it's amazing that the Oscars have been around for 90 years and we've only had, you know, 
two maybe three female best director nominees Mm. and but still i i I thought that and this is from someone who like loves emma stone but i thought that was a shitty thing to do uh but yeah i don't know i got best picture wrong again this year uh but i'm it ended up going to the shape of water which is you know movie where the girl has sex with a fish so great right um but (laughs) yeah no i thought get out would take it but is Oh, what's that sci-fi movie oh, that takes place in Florida where four soldiers go into the shimmer? Annihilation? Annihilation? Is that the new movie? Yeah. Is that already out? I th- Well, I mean, there's a new movie out called Annihilation. Okay. That, uh... I didn't know if that was... I I wrote the, I, I read this article about it. I think it was on Wired or something like that. How the movie is really about this. It's it's a sci-fi movie, like military sci-fi movie, sci-fi horror, yeah. but it's really about the stages of depression. Mm. Like that was oh that's kind of interesting. Something I know about. So and um the yeah I forgot I. I why i brought that up anyway no i mean it's it's allegorical in the same way you know fish movies allegorical okay i think that and uh, del toro you know he uses color in a way that you know teal and green sort of suggests you know the safe niceties of conformity and all these other different um i I don't know it's just it's a very well-made movie and it was my favorite of the best picture nominees it's just Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is and uh I don't know. Nothing for Baby Driver. It was up for film editing and uh, sound yeah, editing. Yeah, I could go for editing. It's 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 uh, as uh, Samuel L. Jackson said of Snakes on a Plane, a popcorn movie. Yeah, but it's very it's viscerally edited for a popcorn movie. Because what the the director whose name escapes me, Edgar Wright, mostly did yeah. music videos. Yeah. So okay, it's a music video, and like the action sequences. Uh, that is a good like the bell bottoms chase scene that's pretty damn good because yeah. no one does car stuff correctly and yeah an sti wrx is not going to be able uh, it's not gonna lock up all four wheels that has that has <laughs> anti-lock on it i think it has a version of traction control and i don't think an sti has the torque to spin all four wheels in like second or third gear. It's not going to do that. I but I get it. Cars have to be superhuman. Yeah. Whatever. And there was somebody who said that um that in uh even though the movie Drive um was factually horrible of cars mm. um in that the car can drive backwards as fast as it can drive forwards. It can't. No car mm. can do that. But the car chase in the very beginning with the basketball commentary coming on the radio does work. Yeah. Like, that's a realistic way to dodge a police. And the strange thing... Well, okay, with um, car stuff... in I watched the movie Phantom Thread uh, the weekend of the Oscar. It was a Best Picture nominee, Daniel Day-Lewis. Supposedly his retirement movie where he plays a dressmaker. But there are scenes in there that involve just regular driving but i'm wondering how they get these shots because it's very strange it's almost like the you know the outside rig but 
on, on the back windshield, but it would have had to be like craning up and then down to get this shot in a weird sort of, you know, reverse letter C. Okay, and the camera's pointing down at the car? Down at the car, but not so far above the car that it's, you know, like a drone uh, shot or anything. It's just, I almost wish I could pull up. The, it's such a weird and a captivating shot. I saw this photo of one of the rigs that they use for uh, Top Gear where it looks like a Ford Dually pickup truck with this big articulating arm on the back. It looks mm. like a cherry picker that PPNL comes in to work on power lines coming out of that, like that, but on a smaller truck that can drive 60 miles an hour with the camera up there on a remote. Yeah. Um, or unless they, 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 <clears throat> how long was that top down shot? Can you remember? Uh, just maybe seven, eight seconds. Oh, that's, that's long. Um, um, yeah, I, I, my next thought would have been the 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 camera would be would have been on a flywire rig or that thing yeah. where it it spins along. NFL uses it constantly. Yeah. Those things are bitching. I bet they take two days to set up. Yeah. for that, I believe it. Speaking of uh, car shots, how good did the Century look? Yeah, and and see, normally I'm doing like the behind uh that was filming that that, that, that was had, yours that, yeah, that was but, your shot yeah but i'm like that's nothing because it was on the outside there's no panning it's just this is the that was on the outside what weren't wasn't oh, everything we did yeah the camera yeah, was, it was on it the was outside in, it was isaac's lancaster so there was shit. no like that's what you can achieve in a place as beautiful as new, new zealand, zealand with you know the camera on the outside you know what i think we had the the lens at all the way back at 24 millimeters rather than uh 85 which it normally was hmm. the, i'll bet that first shot uh oh rollin shit sorry can't remember the name the the owner of the uh, uh rob rob yeah rob eland no oh i don't know his guy. last name but i'm sorry guy with the uh with the well you're probably asleep now it's like Still like seven ten a.m., but you'll probably read this. I should go look it up. Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh -huh. um, anyway, the owner of the Toyota Century, uh, for that shot to be done, he must have had to be, you know, uh, eight feet from the bumper hmm. for that shot to be to work. That's seven twenty eight a.m. over there. All right, so reasonable semi. Um. Uh, hey, Mr. Regular in the Roman, is there any chance that y'all might be coming to an RCR in the southeastern U.S.? Well, we were there for the southern stab. Uh, Edmund says, when is RCR coming to Austin? I have a date. Hold on. It's going to be a date. Twenty fifth to the twenty eighth of April, so you know, a little over a month. Twenty fifth to twenty eighth of April. That's RCR Austin, which is just going to be handled by me. Uh, will there be a meet? We'll see how time. We'll see how the schedule works out. <sighs> I hope I can be the, the meets are good when there's both of us because I know there's an anchor right there. If mm -hmm. I start feeling overwhelmed from all the intense social interaction, I know Nick's not far away and I mm -hmm. normally can power through, but it's just the knowledge that he's there. 
that I'm not doing this solo. Yeah. Um, but I will be doing uh, RCR Austin solo. Um, it's, uh, there's going to be stuff at Harris Hill. Uh, it'll be the first time on a racetrack. And um, hopefully if Steph Schrader's uh, uh, Lemons Racer Porsche is, is finished, as all race cars happen to be, they, they drive and they brake and they drive and they brake. Um, we'll be doing that. Um, uh, I think we're, I think I'm going to be driving a, uh, Sharkworks GT3 mm. at Harris Hill. So looking forward to that. But then I, if we have Harris Hill to be able to film, I want to find some piece of shit <laughs> like 1977 Mercury Cougar to just throw around on a racetrack and watch that motherfucker lean to one side. <laughs> I think there's a guy in Austin with a, like a 1978 International Scout. So that'd be neat. <laughs> the big joke of RCR is we keep going places and we keep avoiding Canada. <laughs> Are we going to get RCR in Canada anytime soon? I don't know, man. I mean, we have And the funny thing is, Toronto is eight hours that way. <laughs> Yeah, it's an eight-hour drive, and four years we haven't even took taken it. I mean, we haven't even been to Boston yet. No, but, but, or anywhere like north of New York City. Yeah, huh? Or wait, see, I I have no functioning knowledge of ge uh, ge geography. Mm. There we go. Boston. I don't know how we'd film in Boston. You couldn't. Boston exists is a city that predates cars, and it's mm. Boston is very UK, mm. like tight streets like that, like but with our cars. Yeah, <laughs> have an easier time filming in Venice, just like yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's strange. But uh, pre workout, pre workout. I took pre workout for the first time. Um, pre-workout, they're called supplements or dietary supplements or diet pills or, um, anything called that doesn't have to follow, uh, the FDA at all, does not have to be examined, does not have to pass any tests. I did not know that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's terrifying. All the, all that stuff that's, it's like, um. You go to any grocery store and all those like, oh, vitamin B12 or uh, I think certain multivitamins have to pass. Mm. But when it comes to stuff like uh, melatonin or, you know, you, you go through a mall that's still functioning and has the vitamin shop. Oh, yeah. Nothing in there nope. is FDA approved. Yeah. It's just stuff. You're so on your own. Just GNC is packed with stuff oh, that was in somebody's lab. <laughs> yeah, there was that whole, I think we were talking about this like a bunch of times. Like with GNC, Rogan was talking about it. Dude, half the stuff in GNC has steroids in it. Mm. Like the, none of it passes. It doesn't have to. It's just called supplements. Like, oh, you're, you're. And there is warnings on all of it that says this has not been approved or evaluated by the Federal Drug Administration. <clears throat> you're on your own, kid. So, so I took one pill and it was called, uh, red hot and it was a red pill, a big one. And 
it was one of those old school caplets like Tylenol used to be in the oh, 80s. That you can you bust them open and they're, they've got the powder, powder in it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's that. Mm. So uh, within like eight minutes, I'm just <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm talking to Juliet Johnson and I'm like, I just took a pill <laughs> and it's just a shot of me like on the bed, like rolling back and forth like a seal. And you can see my legs behind me and like I am all things to all plants. And <laughs> so I'm trying to focus, like get your shoes and go to the gym. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just, you know how when like a little kid is excited and we're not leaving yet, but his, his limbs are just going in all directions. Yeah. He just, it's just energy. He has to expel Yeah, that like uh, a kid getting really excited for McDonald's play place or like a jungle gym or synapses are firing. Yeah. Just everything at once. (laughs) Yeah. So I get to the gym and the pill was so powerful. I actually talked to people and I'm I'm thinking this must be what it feels like to be extroverted because I talk to people I don't normally talk to like, Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Oh, Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, wow, this, this is maybe what it feels like to be normal. So I, I get on I get on the rowing machine and row like it's a real boat and I'm in a race <laughs> like I'm in the social network trying to win the boat regatta. <laughs> that fan is going, and then and then like it's weight room time. I thought I might have gone on the treadmill, but I forgot my headphones and I can't run without music, so mm. I'm at the mercy of whatever they're playing. But the pill works so well that Creed sounded good. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, can you take me? My voice. And then like, that's a good guitar riff and taken and higher by Creed. And I curl, uh, I get two 45 pound dumbbells and uh, I could never curl them. Like I could do like a half one. This was a personal best of being able to do three, like, well, like, one, two, three, four, five, six with 45s. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And the crazy thing, my arms don't hurt. And then I just stepped down until I think I went back down to like 30 uh, of something I, I could do correctly and have correct form. And then then I did squats. Then I did deadlifts. And then I did a whole bunch of push up, or uh, pull-ups that I then filmed one set on mm-hmm. uh on Instagram where I did 13 pull-ups and I've never been able to do 13 pull-ups. And, uh, before we started, Nick, you were saying that there's like Mexican, there could have been. No, no, no. I, I I was just, well, it's kind of a joke that people do just, Oh, I don't know. Maybe Mexican ephedrine is in there. Just like Mm. speed. Basically you're running around doing you're zooming, you know, it's just kind of what your body just reacts in a way that is the way that it's almost like you know you end up with a hangover type of feeling yeah when i got back here uh i did have a hangover it's like i had a hangover but without the body ache and i'm like toward the end of the workout i was like i have a headache and i get back here and someone says you know there's probably there's probably uh a little bit of dick pill ingredients in there. Like one of the guys in the comments says, well, I could try to jerk off. It didn't work. Like the second it started feeling good, my head hurt more. 
I'd be worried about like starting a fire the Boy Scouts way of just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got one pill left. It, it was a sampler pack of two pills. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I'll take the other one sometime. But I also drank about three liters of water mm. um, while I'm working out. I've never been that thirsty. Yeah. Uh, one guy says you go review soon. Uh, yeah, we're going to do Justin Lose's you go once it's finished and that's out in Pittsburgh. And while I'm out there, I also need to do uh Chevy SS that's waiting for me out there. Mm. Um, but there's not going to be filming until the stupid Pennsylvania winter is done. Yeah. I checked the weather. It says Wednesday is supposed to be, uh, the unpleasantness. The snow. Yeah. Which, Technically, it's still winter, so everybody has snow. Oh, we, we technically had a nor'easter over the weekend, but it just never came here. Uh, mm. It stopped a bit north uh, of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. My sister lives in Jersey. She got it really bad. And uh, so her and the kids were and her husband were all snowed in. And uh, which is strange because we're only like an hour away, mm. hour and a half ish and so it's just a very strange thing of just how close it comes and the degrees of it because it's snow and as you get you know farther out it's rain and then around here it was just wind like really strong winds yeah and so yeah it's just um i don't know i i will be glad when the winter is over because then i don't have to worry about betty anymore uh, because I always got like, it's one of those things where I kind of wonder if it makes sense to invest in just getting a car cover and just like throwing it over. You know, you can have my old one if you want. I mean, it, my thing is that a car cover almost invites people to screw with your car. Cause mm. you know, well, that's one thing you're not supposed to put a car cover on when it rains mm. because then the water can evap the water that soaks through it. Even if you have nylon, it's like being in a tent you know, the moisture is still going to get through. Um, that's something that happened with the Falcon. I put a car cover on it uh, before I got um, the storage unit where it now sits. It was at my parents' house. I'm like, oh, put a car cover on it. <laughs> and then it rained. Well, the car cover will protect it. It made the paint really blotchy because what mm. happened was, yeah, it rained. Um, the car cover protected it from twigs and branches and stuff but um the car cover got completely soaked and then i never came out and took the car cover off mm. like well it'll just dry in the sun Mm-mm. it's like leaving a it's like taking a hoodie throwing it on the sidewalk letting it rain on and expecting that thing will dry in the sun you know that hoodie will be wet for yeah. all week, and then it gets all gro- moldy and gross. Yeah. So what happened to the paint was there were these white vitiligo, vitiligo, whatever Michael Jackson. Had. Oh, vitiligo. Vitiligo like blotches in the paint, and what happened was the moisture seeped into the paint and made these blotches. Huh. And I'm like, how does that come out? And the forums say, look, well, that's what happens when you put a car cover on and then it gets rained on and then you don't immediately take the car cover out off and dry it and then wipe the car down. Mm-hmm. The moisture is trapped between the car cover and the paint and then paint is porous. And mm-hmm. like a very slow sponge, it soaked some of the moisture into the paint 
and changing the color of the paint. And they said, the, the, the only thing you can do is park your car out into the sun for like three weeks mm. and hope it dissipates. And it took about a month uh, um, uh, of July for those blotches to slowly diffuse out the mm. moisture to, to, to leave the, the pigment or for the moisture to leave the paint. So uh, you're really better off without a car cover if you're parking outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. All you can really do is just wash it and wax it. Yeah. Wax it. Like actual rub down Karate Kid waxing it. Yeah. The so. um um, I I think it I take it into uh the Mister Hot Shine, which is just you know it's a self service car wash, but there's also like a drive through if you want to get it waxed, and um, but I kind of I don't know like my thing with waxing is that I'm kind of terrified that it, it's almost like the horror stories of over caring for your car in a way of just you know suddenly i'm going to affect sort of the color and the durability of the paint i don't know like i'm a parent when when the weather gets warm we'll go over to my parents house when i wax the falcon or 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 even i I wax the subaru i'll just show you how to do it yeah all you need is like two really clean microfiber towels one to wax on one to wax off (laughs) I'm and then I'll show you how to wash so um, you don't rub dirt into it. Yeah. Because I'm as big a hypochondriac for my car as I am about myself. So I'm assuming mm. like, oh, this is going to be bad for it. Oh, no. It's only it's, it's only bad if you use a dirty rag and then there's yeah. like little rock chips and like dust in the rag and, you're, it, and that scrapes the clear coat on it. Mm. Anyway. Did you hear that uh, Pennsylvania or we got the... Uh, yeah. First McLaren service Where? center. Uh, they only said a remote site, which it's somewhere around Philly. All right. Area. I'm saying KOP. Right. Yeah, here. probably. It probably is. Because that has all the highways and that has all the rich people. Yeah. KOP or maybe somewhere near Westchester. Yeah. Because King of Prussia, it's like that's the Or maybe place. main line. Maybe remote. All right. If it's remote, it's not the main line. But it's probably in the general area. Um. Because I'm trying to think of suburbs. Of, well, not suburbs of Philly, but somewhere. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be crazy if it were Limerick or somewhere yeah. around there. Um, There's plenty of land there. And yeah. the Philadelphia Premium Outlets, who I never I never went in there yet. I haven't either. I have no real need to buy fancy clothes anymore. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to Jay Leno my way through the rest of my 30s with these pants. <laughs> The maybe they zip out and become shorts. <laughs> but the interesting thing about these, these were the only pants I wore in New Zealand, and they don't really smell. At least I don't think they smell. No, I haven't smelled anything. All right. Yeah. Didn't they come in another color too? Yeah, I have three different colors, like variations of <laughs> variations of nineties drab. Yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna become two men who dress the same way year round. Like we each have our style yeah. and we're sticking to it. And we're almost going to become like cartoon characters. How, you know, hey, at least our, we're making it easy for the animators. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. um but, silence. Did you guys always dress in dad fashion? 
Uh, during the early 2000s, I tried to dress edgy. Um, uh, during the 90s, well, I had plaid like everybody else. <laughs> what I, I remember dressing most in the 90s was mock turtlenecks. Remember doing that, dressing in those a lot. What's mock about it? Okay, you know how a turtleneck is fabric that comes up and it's folded back down? Yeah. This one is like, okay, take a crew neck like you're wearing and extend the collar another inch. Oh. Like just a little bit up, just a little mm. bit thicker. Huh. That's a mock turtleneck. That's fake weird. turtleneck. Yeah. yeah. One guy says, I'm in art class. Which art, what kind of art class? Is it the one where the 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 gen ed art class where just do work and quit screwing around? <laughs> I had a lot of creative writing classes along those lines. Yeah. Um, For people who weren't weren't really into it, they had to take it and like, I don't know what to write about. Then I don't know what we got to talk about. Yeah. Just think of something there there would be prompts about you know, you'll get like a word and you come in with a story about that word and it's not really about you know creating a story about that word it's just exploring what your ability is like it doesn't even have to be about the word it's just make something yeah just write something and if you put effort into it then you know you'll get a good grade right it's just because this is before the time the more recent uh predisposition towards penalizing genuine effort like the idea that like oh what an asshole he cares about things let's get him boys yeah just you know i don't it's weird but uh one guy says epic 90s uh short sleeve shirt over long sleeve shirt yep did it yeah yeah did it yep absolutely uh i mean it's always you know you're walking around in a no fx shirt or, or or you know rancid and you just have the, you know, the long. <laughs> I never had any band shirts except for a local band mm. who were like just people I knew in, in band class <laughs> or it's not even band class. It's just band. Uh, do either of you play video games or what is, is life all work right now? I've been playing the original Deus Ex and trying to do it uh without killing anyone and well that didn't work my thinking is well all the majestic 12 people are evil anyway so i'm gonna as long i'll use i'll use the uh charge prod and i'll use the tranquilizer mini crossbow if i have ammo for it but if not y'all getting a cap in his ass in fact jc denton said cap his ass (laughs) once in in that video game the uh only video game where it really I feel like a non-lethal playthrough is even possible is like a Metal Gear game. Yeah, Because they make it so that the targeting on the tranquilizer guns are, especially Metal Gear Solid Five, where you can just sort of get, line it up in such a way that you can go through that entire game and not really kill anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of... eh. Like, at a certain point, if you're not getting a different ending for not killing anybody... The only reason is the challenge. Yeah. So, or if you have some kind of like moral objection to it, which is, you know. In Deus Ex, if there are two different conversations where if you don't kill anybody, you're uh, congratulated and you get an extra item. 
Mm. That's really it. The rest of it is sort of bragging rights that you can do it. Yeah, it's not like Bioshock where, oh, well, you didn't harvest the little sisters. You let them all live. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I couldn't, like, kill any of the little sisters. They're no. too cute and like my niece. It's weird. Um, I've actually been playing this game uh, called Little Alchemy, uh, which is literally just you take, you combine substances to make other substances. Okay. Like, there doesn't appear to be any purpose. So, like, you start out with um, dirt. I was playing this on my nephew's computer, weirdly enough, and you uh, sort of... There will be dirt, like a list of elements, dirt, uh, sun, uh, water. So you put dirt and water together, you get mud. And you put mud and sun together, you get, I don't know, like clay or something. It's mm -hmm. just, and over time, you keep creating and creating things. But the interesting thing is figuring out what creates what. Because I'm over here figuring out, like, how do you create a person? And so eventually, well, you got to get matter and then you have to like take matter and get, you know, a uh, primordial soup or whatever. Huh. It's just, it's a very, it's so weirdly addicting and it's literally all you're doing is just combining things and trying huh. to figure out what the recipe for certain things are. Hmm. And yeah, it's just very, I, I enjoy it. It's very weirdly relaxing too, hmm. because when you're like very anxious. You like low stank stakes, uh, things. Okay. So me, it's kind of, you know, I watch golden girls a lot because I like it, but also because it's a very low stakes show. Same with like, say by the bell and full house, like all this stuff on Hulu that is nostalgic, but also very low stakes so that I'm not, uh, freaking out. You okay. Know. Like I I watch Seventh Heaven reruns for crying out loud, <laughs> which is one of those shows that I almost can't believe this show existed. Uh cuz it's such a strange it's so refresh my memory cuz I don't know what that is. It's about this um church going family that lives in Glen Oak, California and they're way more well off than you would think like a minister's family would be, but it's, you know, seven kids and it's basically like the Waltons, but it's the nineties, the late nineties. And, you know, it's, it's has the corniest theme song and, you know, it's the show that gave us Jessica Beale, who, you know, uh, actress, but, mm. um, who's supposedly, you know, this sex symbol, which I, I, she's very pretty. I mean, it's just, I don't really get the whole it's mm. i don't know i'm terrible at this but yeah i don't know it's very low stakes and it's just a nice easy watch so a lot of the things that i watch outside of survivor um are just very oh yeah and that's right it's stephen collins the guy who plays the dad on the show like had a tape come out a few years ago where he admits to like messing around with underage girls which uh, oh. i'm just like Ugh. but the thing is is that i I can always separate a shitty person from the stuff that they created. You know, like Roman Polanski sucks. Right. But Chinatown is a great movie. Mm -hmm. Like Kevin Spacey sucks, but you're not going to tell me I can't watch, you know, like the, the usual suspects. Right. Yeah. Or you're not going to make me feel bad about watching seven or American right. beauty or, well, okay. Maybe American beauty, but the whole idea is <laughs> that poignant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Except she was a girl. Yeah. Except. Yeah. But it's just, 
so I don't understand the whole, you know, let's badger them. I mean, it's, they've already made their money. It's like, I'm not contributing to, and I'm sure there's someone who would argue me on that point, but I don't really care to have that argument. So Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, What will be the best regular car? What will be the best regular car today in 10 years? Um, no idea. I think it all comes down to what Mazda is going to do with that gasoline dieseling engine that we're not really any closer to understanding how that thing's going to be able to be serviced and how it's going to maintain its dieseling effect without damage and on with different atmospheric pressures. If it works, it it's it'll be healthy to know that there's still room for improvement with internal combustion, more room for uh, finding new ways for efficiency and finding ways to go leaner and leaner and leaner. Do either you carry pocket notebooks? Yes. Yeah, literally everywhere I go. Ironically, not today, though. Yeah. Um, but my regular notebook does fit in my pocket. Like mm-hmm. it's a tight fit, but it fits in there. Mm-hmm. And so I take it with me, especially to open mics, because that it, bars are great people watching things. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's an opportunity to sort of see people in a habitat where they're not necessarily, you know, guarded um, because, you know, the booze is flowing and people say a lot of really stupid things. And the things you overhear are just kind of like, oh downloading that yep just storing that away uh will you be at carlisle ford nationals yes at least i will be yeah um i'll be at ford nationals and also i will be at chrysler nationals um supposedly there's a guy um with a dodge neon acr uh hmm. there and i will also hopefully finish the dodge neon review the Millvale, Millvale Neon. Neon. I, I will. I will finish that review that I botched uh, a couple months ago. Uh, that piece of paper up there. It, it has like talk about a neon. Is that the Millvale? Yeah, that's neon? notes. Yeah, that's that, that stuff or as stuff that I think up there on some of these bulletin boards behind you is my way of locking down when I have that write that down thought in the middle of the day. Yeah. If I put it in a notebook, the notebook's going to get lost. But if I Write it down on a slip of paper or write it down on a piece of notebook. Tear the note, piece of paper out of the notebook. Put it up on the bulletin board. It'll stay up there. Yeah. So. No, I just talk into my phone if I don't have a notebook. I'm just like, eh, note to self. This mm-hmm. is a thing. And then I'll listen to it later and think that was stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I woke up and thought that would be a thing. But um. Any chances at an RCR Nashville? Um, Music City. That's where the Falcon came from or where I bought it. So it has to return to Joseph Rini for him to for him to have a, a, a look at it. Uh, the Falcon's going to go in in August. I don't see myself going to Nashville this summer. Uh, the Falcon, we keep dri- I keep driving it farther and farther and farther. And as we drive it farther, we see room for improvement. The whole name of the game of that car is to make it safe and reliable. Um, the cooling is getting better, but uh, it still has a problem maintaining temperature at long traffic lights in the summer. It used to be it had trouble maintaining traffic lights in general. Now with the new radiator hose, it's fine. But when you're in the dog days of summer, when it's 97 degrees outside, the the, the, the heat just can't escape. But so, the temperature thing is always going to be a problem for a sort of older... Yeah, not, it yeah. is, but... You can money your way out of that. Yeah. It just depends how the dude. I was at Bruce's the other day, and they start. They're starting work on uh, 
300ZX. I, I made some uh, Instagram posts about this. The guy who's getting it built, you know, has cash for days. Mm. And the people who come to Bruce with their requests, it's a 1990 Z car, a 300ZX, which is a, a twin turbo V6. I guess that made somewhere in the like mid 200 horsepower, I think. I don't know my Z cars that well. People in the comments will correct me. Yeah. This customer wants 700 horsepower. He wants Hellcat power out of a three liter V6 with two turbos. And Bruce is like, Bruce's answer to like, can this happen? He just holds his hands up and rubs his uh, index, middle finger, and thumb together in the, oh, he's making the 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 money. The taxes, the finger thing means (laughs) taxes. taxes. Yeah. And he said, I can do it. Just means money. That that engine is going to be close to exploding. And you know that guy has gone around getting second, third, and fourth opinions until he can find someone crazy enough to do this. Yeah. To make or skilled enough to do this. Horsepower out of, out of that V6. It's the entire, that thing is, that engine is going to come right down to the block. Everything is going to come out of it. Whether it's going to have the same cylinder heads, I have no idea. Like, if, but. All the EGR stuff, it's nuts to see those 90s engines and how compact they are. It was easier to to remove. I was there when they removed the engine and transmission from that car. It was easier to lift the car off the engine than lift the engine out of the car. Mm. So they had the engine. They had pallets, cardboard, cardboard and uh, actually, no, there was no cardboard. It was all just soft pine wood underneath the engine and transmission as they... Uh, as they uh you know they they jack the end they they start loosening the bolts jack the engine up a little bit put some more wood under there let it fall down on the wood and they unhook the engine and transmission and then the car was on the uh, two post lift and then you saw the car just lift off off the engine (laughs) and sitting on the on the ground on wood is the engine and transmission we got that on a pallet and a dolly so you could push the engine around and there were so much vacuum lines and egr on top of egr the turbos in that to bruce's credit how he thinks he can do it well he will do it he's bruce um the turbos in that are teeny tiny turbos he's like i'm gonna have turbos at least twice twice the size just cram air in and i'm pretty sure it's going to be running on methanol injection for for that to to, for that engine not to just uh uh pre-ignite itself to death if he weren't so stupendously busy yes like he would be a great person to come to have as a guest just pick his brain of like what's the gaudiest most ostentatious thing someone has asked or nonsensical thing someone has asked you to do to their car right and you know because just these are people who go to him who have the money to throw at the problem yeah we're easily six figures yeah like most of these bills you see in bruce's shop are six figure bills but they know he he can do it look yeah it's just yeah bruce says if you could clone me five times i'd be a billionaire <laughs> it's like he's the guy and him and tony rumble uh and shane and um phil phil there's another guy there mm. um Finally, they were able to hire another guy named Shane to do to do some basic work around the shop. Um. Anyway, yeah. What was I talking about? How did I get on that thing of the Z car? Anyway, oh yeah, Bruce. 
the money thing for cooling is we were sitting at, I, I came by to just say hi and schedule the Falcon in uh, for August. And um, when the inspection is up and to fix the things that I break throughout the year, <laughs> the, there was a Bruce pointed to a radiator in a cardboard box um, with some of that injection foam padding around it. And there were two fans attached to it. And Bruce says, Brian, guess how much that is? And I look at it, I was like, well, it's nice welds. That's a $400 radiator. And Bruce says, nope, higher. Oh. And, and, and I thought, I just, like, wow, it must be really crazy. I doubled it. So that's an $800 radiator. He says, keep going. I'm like, that's a $1,000 radio ra- radiator. He says, that's $1,200 radiator. I'm like, three times. You're here. kidding me. He says, that's what's going to be necessary to cool the Z car. Hmm. It's like apparently that one will solve the cooling issues when you when you when you build up a Z car. Yeah. Um, so, getting a new radiator, a big radiator for the Falcon, maybe what we need. Like, we went through such lengths to have a mechanical fuel delivery hmm. in an engine that didn't have it originally that in order to have the room to put a polar fan and a bigger radiator, we'd have to take that off, put the old, uh, the engine would have to come out again. Um, the solution that I'm just going to do right now is to uh, space the rear. I think I've talked about this before. Space the rear of the hood up. Um, so it kind of looks like cal induction um, to, uh, to uh, uh, let the, let the heat have some place to get the, let the heat out top wise because right now with that hood closed the only place air can get out is go down the bottom and out Mm. hot air rises it wants to come up anyway so that's like the that's like the two dollar two dollar solution for you know some some nice washers to just space that thing up and maybe larger bolts yeah to hold it up just for me to get eh, let's let's be generous like an inch up Mm. Well, actually means that I need bolts that are an inch longer and then spacers that are an inch that I can get them. Or if I could just buy material, like if I can get like nice uh, nylon spacers, maybe that'll do it. Yeah. Um, um, what else does a Falcon need? I, it needs uh, a check valve because I think the fuel is draining out of the carburetor. That's why it's so hard to start in the morning. And what else it needs? It needs a new muffler because there was a tremendous backfire or after fire um, when um, when the old distributor went. So it needs a new muffler. The muffler works. It's just blown up like a balloon underneath the car. Mm. Um, it needs a, um, I think from Painless makes them a, distri- uh, a positive point, a little like a bus hub. Because right now all the accessories, it's like... F- eight wires going to go into the positive terminal on the starter solenoid. Um, so it, it needs just a, a single wire coming off of that. And then a little thing to distribute all the positives, all the accessories. Um, it needs what else? It needs something else. And then something else. I gave the list to Susie, Bruce's wife there at the shop. And then they'll, uh, then they'll do it. That's not until August. So when I drive it to Ford Nationals and maybe when I drive it to Pittsburgh for the for the uh, Slackers show, um, it's going to be driving there with a with a with a ballooned up muffler. It runs fine. Uh, um, 
but driving out there in April, it's still going to be cool. I may have to wear like snow pants or something. Yeah. I think I need to build a little sort of air duct that will blow the defroster air at my face. Like I could like with little magnets on the bottom, I could take it on and off because be, because the floor ducting for the heater no, no longer is there yeah. because when, um, when Kramer and Phil, uh, cut the, um, which we had to do, uh, cut the transmission tunnel and space it up about an inch, uh, for the transmission, we lost the ability to run the ducting because the ducting was all this, uh, kind of cardboard esque molded stuff that only fit in there it fit right flush with the transmission tunnel so now coming off the um um the heater core is just this bit of like dryer hose that goes up to the defroster vents because at the very least you want defrosters and it'll blow heat on the window so 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 what it's like is in cool days like this um you can run the heater and your face will be warm. Your feet will be freezing. I just need to get that air and like blow it toward the cabin. Yeah, it's like the opposite of the. Uh, oh God, name escaping me, but shot it on the coldest shooting day. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, the. Why am I brain farting this so hard? It's it's a Chrysler product. Yeah. Oh, well, the, either way. Plymouth it, Belvedere. There we go. Okay, so yeah, that had the, an amazing heating. Amazing heater. He, yeah. The classic just, car is toasty in that thing. Why mm. can't the Falcon be like that? Oh, that's why. <laughs> oh, and uh, Bruce is Bruce Hen, uh, to the person asking who's the Bruce we're talking about. Bruce Hen's garage. Yeah, he helped, or I mean, he did the work for the um, the Falcon. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. How cold is too cold for convert convertible driving without looking stupid? I don't know. Ask the the um the lemons racer guys. There's some guys who drove a Mustang with a top down. <laughs> that was dumb and during the escape from Moscow. And that's something I will do next year if they do it again, escape from Moscow. Yeah. I'm gonna buy a junky car and uh still hopefully <laughs> try to pester Fiber One. To sponsor me. Sponsor us. Team Brown. Yeah. It was weird. I got a, like, they responded to my tweet about, one time about how, uh, you know. Fiber One? Yeah, because I, I posed with a box of their stuff because I had gone out in a rainstorm to get gas um, because I was bored and I needed gas, but I stopped at the supermarket and I'm like getting fiber one. And so I'm like, I'm all wet and I have this picture of like, oh, getting in the rainstorm, getting the fiber one because no rainstorm can stop me. Mm. They're like, oh, thank you for the dead. And then they like DM'd me and asked like if I wanted a free box of product. And then they never got back to me when uh, I was like, oh yeah, totally product. All right. Which, I should get on that because I buy fiber one. Yeah. Like the poor intern running the account probably, you know, like they right. have a lot to handle but yeah um and for the people asking for the ne- uh, about the next uh rcr story i already know what it's going to be it's going to be another one that people have been asking me to get to for a while um like i i'm super appreciative of the uh comments on the john delorean one because i was expecting everyone to hate that one just mm-hmm. because the sources that i read there were so many different versions of that story and there didn't seem to be like this consensus beyond you know, they got him in a hotel room and that was kind of the experience and uh, it was entrapment and it all went downhill from there. So, you know, and then you get the whole early life thing of, you know, well, there's the Pontiac GTO and there's the, you know, 
his attempt to recreate the Banshee and all this other stuff that, you know, maybe might not be the main parts of his story, but are definitely integral to who he was and why he was important. And so, yeah, like, I feel it's a good thing if you don't know the story, but if you know the story, I don't know that if you're, you're necessarily going to get anything new from mm. that RCR stories. And that's, and so for the next one, I definitely want to give the impression of getting something new out of it. Okay. Um, but also I feel like it's a story that not as many people know. So I don't know. We'll Can you see. talk about it or do you want to keep it? Under I want to keep now? it under wraps just okay. because, you know, I don't know. Like I, I don't want there to be expectations. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm, coming up on an hour, uh, you can uh, pull up any questions from the yeah. Reddit channel. And you guys and can those. ask things in the... Um, Come to Detroit Gambler 500. Heard about that. If you can't fiber one to pay you, even using their image would be great. I'm sure subscriptions, Patreons could fund a beater track day. Um, I figure for... I would buy... Since I'm not a mechanic and no one really on my team would be, I'll probably still run with Justin Kramer. He's a mechanic. Uh, he runs Slatington, or I'm sorry, Catasauqua Auto Repair in Catasauqua, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm probably going to buy, most people in Lemons Rally buy $400, $500 cars. I'm like, look, I'm going to buy a $3,000 car because I don't want to work on it. I'll buy something that's fine. Uh, early 90s Sable. Yeah. Yeah, there was a guy with a um, one of those buy my car uh, <laughs> uh, advertisements on the bulletin board at the grocery store huh. with all the little tabs you pull off and none of them are pulled off. It's like 2001 Ford Taurus, $1,800 OBO, <laughs> runs great, needs nothing, moving, must sell, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation like, point, exclamation point. Like, must sell and needs nothing don't nah, are not compatible. There's something wrong with that about the belt. There, there'd be like four things wrong with it. Moving, yeah. <laughs> evicted. I'm pretty sure there's someone living in one of the storage units. Ew. Not in my the place I go, but there's this place, and there's always this Mercury Sable <laughs> parked in the middle of the parking lot every night, and there's people kicking a ball around mm. around the storage unit, and one storage unit is open. And it's not in a position where I can casually, it's not the, I can't see it from the street. There's like a few that face the street and then there's some that are perpendicular to the mm. street. So I'd have to sort of walk into the storage. It, the place doesn't even have a gate. I mean, we're out in the country. There's like one place I know of and it's not mine that has a gate. Someone's sideshow bobbing it in there. Want to live in the box? Two dollars <laughs> a day. Would you like a wake up jab? Yes, please. Dating after 30. I mean, well, what it's not fun i need a baby now yeah and then i want to know what happens when they resign to the fact that they know no kids are coming out of this shit <laughs> uh well i mean i think mm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, of uh, uh, a diplomatic way to say that it's basically i i I almost feel like having high standards early kind of ruins things later in life in that 
you had high standards when you were younger and now it's kind of skewed your perception of what you're you want to settle for when you're older mm. which makes no sense but i it's it's still uh, i don't know like i i had i was with someone and it com- who you know yeah completely screwed my standards up of like okay like i can't go back now oh (laughs) of just like oh oh." like because i used to be able to settle before or i used to be able as long as you know stuff as long as stuff was on and popping like it didn't really matter um but now it's like you know how are you supposed to go back like i can't go back it's Mm. it's just i I, it's 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 lousy but the long and short of it is that um i rode first class can you really go back yeah you you can't i mean you you can if you have to but i mean in the grand scheme of things i'm used to leg room and that's what life is is it's, <laughs> it's like becoming, that seinfeld episode yeah you're it, not missing anything because you don't know what you're yeah. i need this <laughs> it's getting accustomed to leg room and then not really being able to go back to having your knees up against the back of someone else's seat expense which i have to say well we've gone through it again coach in new zealand pretty much business class anywhere else pretty much yeah like like leg 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 rests they come up yeah it's amazing you have an entertainment system that works it has real movies on it. Yeah, yeah. It has like nasty movies on it. Like, mm. what was I watching? Uh, I forget. Something with boobs in it. In Coach. Yeah. And it wasn't censored. Yeah, and they tell you on the screen if it's adult material, like, be careful because there might be, like, children who can see this too. But other than that, it's, like, no restrictions. Yeah. You can watch whatever you want um, if it's available, you know. They had... I don't know. They had like three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri while it was still in theaters here, huh. which is strange. Um, I watched Creed. Um, oh, is that, that was on the Rocky one? Yeah. The Rocky one. Cause oh, I'd shit, never I seen it. That. Um, it was good. It was really good. Um, it, it was just kind of, uh, it, it, like I, it helped that I wasn't really, um, paying attention to the flight. So that by the time Creed was over, we were already like a third of the way through the flight Mm. Um, between me stopping and getting up to go to the bathroom, which always had this obscene line of people who are like, like, I know you're just taking a leak. How are you taking this long? Right. Just I want to go and I look on the other aisle, no matter what flight on air new zealand it was the other aisles bathroom was always completely open but Mm. it's just impossible to get over there right of just i can't do it but oh yeah that that's what i was watching i was watching deadpool someone says you were watching deadpool on an ipad i was watching deadpool like on the plane and then i was kind of like it was on the way back and then by the time we get to la it's like oh it's it's over Mm. uh this one we're, we're pretty much wrapping this up here. I can do one more question from Reddit. Yeah, this one. Uh, so go to our subreddit r slash regular car reviews. There's a dedicated thread there for Ask RCR. You just put uh, the question in there, and hopefully we'll get to it. Uh, this one asks, uh, "What's one car enthusiast group or scene that annoys you the most, and why?" 
none really annoy me because I understand them all. When you say annoy, I think what you mean is I wish wasn't there. And when we talk about annoyance, what really annoys you are things about yourself that you don't like in other people. Mm. Like when you see that. I don't like myself in 2000 from 2000 to about 2008 7 2000 yeah 2000 to 2007 you know the college and post college and right before grad school oh me and that dodge neon fake racing stripes and everything like that taking the top of the airbox off thinking i had something special that's the privilege of youth right driving angrily donuts and that angry puss look of I've never been in a fight but I'm not afraid I think mm. um, <laughs> standing outside of your car parking hard <coughs> the sound and fury signifying nothing of Man. that car so when I see people with go fast mods uh, more stickers than substance that kind of annoys me because I know the falcon will trounce you and the falcon looks like nothing mm. you know when, when, when you put all your eggs in the exterior and nothing underneath ooh Short ram intake, great. You just lost two horsepower. That uh, that kind of annoys me because I know I was that dumb. And but that's kind of where you you begin. You have a Honda Accord <laughs> that mom gave you, and you got to do something so you're not a loser. So you get stickers on it. You tint the windows. You do what your what your bank account that just went into three digits can do. Yeah. You just buy the plastic stuff at AutoZone and off you go. You got your stickers. Maybe you'll save up and buy wheels because you know how to take wheels off. But we all start somewhere. And uh, I just wish there uh, there were more people like Bruce Henn in the world who can calmly show you, like, look, you want to go faster. Here's what you do. And... Um, that would be, well, I think Mighty Car Mods did this a number of times. The very, like, buy a basic car. Like, will I ever build a car again? That's tough. That was, it took time away from RCR. I'm not a mechanic. But it would be neat to do, okay, um, you inherited a car. You want to turn this into an th enthusiast car. What can you do? Hmm. Um. Probably Bruce would just say 50, 25 shot of Nas <laughs> and that'll be it. Cause honestly, he's right. Like basic nitros and basic nitrous setup is probably the most, the most speed you're going to get for like 200 bucks. It'll, it'll do it. It'll run. Uh, but barring that, uh, gearing, it just gets, Maybe this would be a thing for Happel, 
but Happel can't be bought or persuaded uh, to do the very basics of ECU tuning on a, on, on a Honda Accord that could do. Hmm. Anyway. Someone asked what the most overrated classic novel is. It's Catcher in the Rye. I don't, I don't, for me, it's not close. Uh, that, that, I don't know. And I like Salinger. It's just, I don't know. It's very dry. And it's, it's, it mainly comes down to Holden Caulfield being a pretentious ass, which is the point. Right. But it's not pleasant to read. So, mm. yeah. But yeah. I haven't read, I haven't tried to read that book in over maybe 20 years. Uh, so maybe like Boondock Saints, I remember it. <laughs> I, re- I don't really remember it. I just remember the last time I, I remembered it. And that time it was pretty good. Yeah. But I think I went back and watched some Boondock Saints clips like this movie is corny. This mm. is not good. It makes sense when you're 18 and pissed off. Yeah. Uh, but. I don't think it can catch or hold up to an adult audience. I don't think it can. But, oh, the word fuck is in it. Awesome. I'm going to read it. <laughs> it, it. It makes sense. They should really, like, they didn't teach Catcher in the Rye until senior year. They should really teach that freshman year and move Shakespeare to senior year. Yeah. Right. Because you don't have the capacity for Shakespeare when you're younger than maybe 16. Yeah. Just because the language is so dense. And what's much like Chaucer, like the underlying stories are interesting. It's just people have to get through the density of the language to be able to get to the interesting kernel of the story. And it's not for everybody, you know, even when you learn to read middle English, like with Chaucer, a Milton type thing, uh, it's still not going to be everyone's bag, but you know, it's, well, that and like, what Chaucer are you really learning in high school? You're getting like Wife of Bath, maybe. Right. And They're not going to teach you the real stuff. Yeah. And the way to get through Shakespeare and Chaucer, as you've had it, is to cheat. Read the Spark Notes. Read it. Learn the ending of the story because that's not the point of reading Chaucer. Yeah. Like, you know how this is going to end. Like, in MMA terms, like, you knew Stipe beat Naganu. You're still going to watch the fight. In yeah. reruns, I want to see how we got to this point. I'm not going to enjoy it any less. So when it comes to Shakespeare in Middle English, spoil the story for yourself. That way you get at least get, that way you at least get a fifty percent on the test. <laughs> <laughs> Is it enjoyable? We all know classic stories. Spoiling the ending of any Shakespeare or any classic literature is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um uh, young adult novel is lady chatterley's lover a young adult i didn't like that that was like (sighs) lady chatterley's lover was like uh i've never read a housewife novel you know the ones that are for sale at the supermarket with every with the fabio and those bodice rippers yeah it was just (laughs) pirate romance yeah (laughs) the pirate's dream that stuff his name uh, is Steel Lexington, <laughs> and he came into my life. And yeah. it's the first line of the book. Yeah, <laughs> and he came into my life. Yeah. Uh, see now when you talk about books, I can just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I should pot myself up a little bit. No, wait, you're one, I'm two, because I move away from the mic all the time. That's right. Yeah. 
But um, have you guys read Ready Player One? Read? Oh, it's a book. Yeah, uh, it was a popular book, and they've been trying to make a movie out of that for years. And same with um, oh, what's the name? The the like the outrageous adventures of you know Cassius and Clay or Clay and something. That's, I I don't remember. It's you know Jewish comic book author. I think the story is about, but um. Uh, cavalier and clay there we go um but no i never read ready player one but basically it's look at all the references that we're making or at least that's the impression i've been given but you know i don't know i'll see the movie i don't care it's just uh like it looks good you know it's spielberg and you know um i mean as far as book adaptations go, it's kind of, I try generally not to read the book first because I know it's going to be a, an incompatible experience mm. uh, because you're just sitting there the whole time expecting the book thing and yeah. then it never comes. Uh, but yeah. Did you like the Watchmen movie? Uh, more than I thought I would. Yeah, right. it's probably Zack Snyder's best movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very style heavy, but... I felt like it got the spirit of the graphic novel right. And mm-hmm. also, like, I never liked the whole part towards the end, which is uh, the giant, like, space monster. In the book, it's a space it's monster, monster. yeah. Which I always thought was stupid. Um, they even say that in the original graphic novel, like, you're kidding me. Yeah. This will never work. Next panel. Except that it is working. Yeah. Like, ugh. Like, they came up with a more elegant solution of just yeah. having Dr. Manhattan be the, the you know, scare tactic, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's very much a, a a good adaptation and the kind of adaptations that work. It doesn't have to be a one-to-one thing mm-hmm. as long as you get the spirit of it right. That's why I'm kind of not as bullish on this whole Han Solo movie that's coming out. Yeah. Because like, okay, everyone in their mom and especially me was saying this movie is a terrible idea. Don't do it. No one needs a story about where Han Solo came from. The whole point is that when we meet him, he hasn't gone through a character arc yet. Yeah. Like for this movie to work, he needs to somehow not be an asshole by the end of it. But the problem is when we meet him in a new hope, he's kind Kind of an an asshole. asshole. So what's the point of doing the movie? At least make it animated so that you don't have some poor live action actor up there trying to ape Harrison Ford and then everyone getting mad at him because he's not Harrison Ford. But the no the guy that they cast looks nothing like harrison ford sounds nothing like him doesn't even appear to be trying to do a harrison ford impression he has the worst haircut in the world <laughs> and it, literally the worst haircut i've seen on film since you know uh, javier bardem in no country for old men this haircut <laughs> is terrible on this man and but the idea is as long as he gets the spirit of the character right like it'll be fine like, at the end of the day, I just want it to feel like Star Wars. Right. And as long as it sounds like Star Wars, or it feels like Star Wars and all the rest of it, it should be fine. But it's going to be a tall order because it's like, let me make a young version of the most iconic or one of the most iconic characters. Yeah. You know? This must be what it feels like for a girl to be pressured into sex. Mm. I have to see this. Oh, I guess I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to see this movie. Like, I'll complain, but I'll be there opening night. Like, you know, <laughs> it's it's one of those things where with with 
Star Wars, they get you young yeah. so that once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Uh, that's why I think so many people came out of The Last Jedi disillusioned because they have this idea of what Star Wars is supposed to be in their head. In reality, like each of the trilogies is so radically different from the other mm -hmm. that really the original trilogy is the only one that feels like Star Wars. Yeah. So when people say like this doesn't feel like Star Wars, what they're saying is it doesn't feel, feel like, like 1977. Yeah. Like it they it's just those three movies. Like those are the movies you like. You yeah. don't like Star Wars. You like three movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two movies possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just, you know, I like everything of Jedi on once they leave Tatooine I'm good I can turn this off yeah yeah that's it's just that's good yeah because now we got like Ewoks and now they're yeah, like, oh, that's beat. oh I'm afraid the deflector shields will be quite operational when your friends arrive like it's just a very strange movie in the sense that like it doesn't feel like the end of a saga in a way yeah. it almost feels like a middle act but by the same token, it's like the new trilogy you have. Uh, the first two movies take place over a handful of days. And so the sequel trilogy suffers from not having a time lapse mm -hmm. because we're just supposed to accept that Ray's good at everything for no reason. What's that trope you're talking um, about? The Mary Sue. Okay. Like anyone who tries to argue that Ray isn't a Mary Sue has no idea what they're talking about. Like mm -hmm. she's the literal definition of a Mary Sue in that she's not, she's good at things just because mm -hmm. like we're not given any indication, like at least with Luke, you know, you have the idea that, he had some training with Obi-Wan before Obi-Wan kicks it into New Hope. And then Empire Strikes Back, there's been a time lapse. So we can infer that he's spent time sort of, you know, I don't know, communing with the Force or even just like practicing whatever techniques Obi-Wan gave him so that mm -hmm. when he does the Force pull in the Wampa Cave, like it's not beyond the realm of possibility that mm -hmm. this is would be something he learned how to do. Yeah. And then Return of the Jedi, like even more time has passed. And, you know, now obviously he didn't go back and train with Yoda, but, you know, maybe talk with Ben's Force goes, whatever. But like with Rey, it's just, you can infer that she's good at, you know combat because we see her like good at combat from the beginning but yeah. the idea is that when she picks up the uh, lightsaber in front of master luke and immediately doesn't chop her own arm off yeah or like she does the force force pull in her first meeting with uh uh kylo yeah ben and uh you know, you, you accept that, okay, see, suddenly, a uh, rush of emotions, she learned the force pull. Yeah. But then immediately is a good swordsman right there. And people explained it away that, okay, well, he was shot with Chewie's bowcaster. Yeah. Like, and uh, that he was wounded, so that's why he wasn't as good. The thing I like about Luke is that he spends his time getting his ass kicked more often than not. Yeah. The thing. And he's not, he is kind of kind of a fuck up from beginning to end yeah and i forget where the article that said like he he's not the savior he's just he got pulled into this because of ben and uh saved his life i guess yeah um but he's just making his way through with the skills that he has 
and I liked for Mark Hamill, they were able to end that character in a way befitting to the story. Yeah. And like, also let let Mark Hamill like not have to be Luke again. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also a thing where um I th- I think Luke is interesting because he has flaws. Yeah. You know, like Ray doesn't have any flaws. Dude, you're right. Like there's nothing her only flaw is that she wants to know about her parents. And that's not really a flaw, it's a motivation. Yeah. But I think that's kind of why people don't identify with her because they put it out there and like I I hate bringing like the so the politics of it into it, but it felt like we're supposed to like her because she's a girl. Like she's a girl and she's the lead in Star Wars now, deal with it. Like, but no, we would like her more if you gave us a character. Yeah. But she's not a character. She's just a a, a symbol. She's kind mm-hmm. of this. Now, I did like in The Last Jedi that she's like a more active character in a way, mm-hmm. but it's not in a way that implies that she's anything less than perfect and extraordinary and that she's going to be the best at everything ever. And it's just, it makes no sense why it, it and if you have to go backwards to try to justify why she's good at everything. Someone says that's why Kylo Wen is the best character in the trilogy. Yeah, no, he's one of the best characters in the whole saga because he's fascinating because he's this guy who he's like what Anakin should have been. Yeah. Portrayal wise is that he's flip flopping between am I good? Am I bad? Yeah. And the thing I liked about, um, uh, last Jedi was when, you know, they turn on Snoke and then beat up all the guards. In every other Star Wars, that would be Kylo Ren's redemption, and it isn't. Yeah, it isn't. It's like, no. well, we did that. Okay. All right, cool. So come on. Yeah. Let's keep the... And like, oh, you got me. You got me good. Yeah. I like that. And it's just, you know, it could have been a far different movie than what it was. I liked it for what it was. It's just... Again, people have this idea in their heads about what Star Wars is. And for me, even though there are flaws like the Ray's character and the whole pointless side journey to the casino planet, which was so stupid that that was that was made to sell toys. It was. And like the justification is that it's important to character, but not to plot because what they do ends up not mattering Yeah, or, and actually being actively harmful to yeah. the overall thing. But it's just, um, I think at the end of the day, like star Wars to me has given me like a lot more comfort and enjoyment and entertainment. And it's the old adage of like, nobody hates star Wars more than star Wars fans, <laughs> but yeah, like I'll, I'll always be there watching yeah. on opening night. So yep. yeah. And on that note, I think we'll wrap this up. Yeah. sounds good to me. And, uh, I'm Nick. I'm Brian. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. I got a pee. Whoop.